feature presentation. We're back, baby. It's been a while, Eric. How you doing? Good, Matt. Good. We're, uh... We missed the initial, uh, the window to review Thor, so we're going to do uh, the spoiler review uh, after we've given our initial thoughts for Thor Love and Thunder, uh, the follow-up to Ragnarok, and the second time around that Taika Waititi has uh, directed a Thor movie, so that will be exciting, um, and I, I know that we we promised originally that we were going to do a spoiler review for Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness and never got there, so we're kind of putting- chaos. Yeah, pure chaos, so we're just Every- putting the Thor stuff all together. Uh, welcome to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck. That's Eric Marchin. Uh, the eighth best movie podcast in Canada, guys. Woo! But, well, well um, hold on. Let's talk a, about this. I'm, let's a married, talk about- I'm a married man now, too. So I'm I- back. We've been off for a while. This is a little chaotic to start. Eric got it right. We're reviewing Thor Love and Thunder. But what what, what do you want to get off your chest? No, I was, I was going to say... Um, I think chaotic is perfect for this type of movie as well in terms of tone. Sure, that um, is true. But, but in terms of that list, like what was the criteria and like what was – it's interesting because like Film Junk was number one as it should be. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just weird that it's like, okay, like what, what, are, what, are, what are the criteria for being, you know, eight or nine I don't or know if it was or- – I think it was ranked by like, you know, those things that they listed. We posted about it on a couple of the social – media channels i changed our description to be the eighth best movie podcast in canada still impressive i'm still cool with that uh oh definitely very Very grateful um grateful eight um i think they said it was ranked by like traffic website uh uh, social media following uh you know uh you know traffic to the how many views you get on your on the podcast and, and different things like that um why i think it's a little confusing for us is that we have our podcast split up into two different podcasts we used to have three we don't really do conversations anymore um we kind of lumped that into this not this show the other show untitled movie podcast so what was weird about it it said untitled movie podcast but it had the untitled movie reviews old art um and then also i feel like we um it becomes confusing because we have two different shows that aren't necessarily lumped together in things like this so if you lump them together maybe we would have been especially because reviews is our more popular show um and then the podcast where we go on way too long which you guys can get a new episode probably right now if not monday july 11th if you're listening to this right away on the sunday uh because eric and i have a lot to catch up uh on because i've been gone for a month uh i've been in europe for three weeks i got married there's lots of other stuff saw jurassic world dominion i'll talk about that uh, and i've been watching dragon ball all this stuff so we'll talk about that on that other show but i think that's why eric i think like eight is still pretty good i was i was happy with that oh eight out um, of 35 like uh, out of 35 potential slots of just I mean, the top not, ones not just yeah. the top ones that's so i i was thrilled with that that's very cool um, our friends at the movie podcast were on there, Film Junk, other people, um, like great, great companies. So um, happy to be on that. That was cool. Uh, happy to be back because I feel like um, I, I haven't watched many movies because I've been so busy. Uh, well, you saw Jurassic the most important World. one, Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, I did. And I cannot wait to talk about that thing um, on the main show because I went to a cool cinema to go see it. So I'll talk about that. Better than absolute- Fallen Kingdom, right? 
the experience was. Yeah. I, I don't know about the movie, but uh, <laughs> well, no, no, no. Fallen Kingdom weirdly yeah. is a masterwork. Like, yeah, I know, which I can't believe I'm saying. But anyways, let's get into Thor: Love and Thunder, as Eric mentioned, directed by Taika Waititi, uh, also starring um, him, Chris Hemsworth, Christian Bale, Tessa Thompson, Jamie Alexander, Russell Crowe, Natalie Portman, uh, many more. Um, it is the fourth Thor movie. It feels like Chris Hemsworth has played Thor for Thor. Than anyone's, you just call it for yeah, Thor <laughs> for Thor uh, more than any other character in the for MCU Jay uh, um, <laughs> for Jane. Yeah, I love that for Jay. Um, yeah, I got it. I got it. Uh, some chasing Mavericks references for everyone for the four people who saw that movie. Uh, Eric, I think we have I think this is going to be an interesting conversation. As you mentioned, let's give spoiler free thoughts just very briefly uh, if we liked the movie, if we did not, should people go see it in theaters, yada, yada, yada. Then we'll go right into kind of spoilers since we're putting this out after most people will probably have seen the movie over the weekend. It's it's killing at the box office. Uh, the cinema score, interesting. We can maybe talk about that later too. Um, but let's get into it. I know we have slightly different opinions on the movie. I think we're not too far off. I think it's just certain... I think we kind of agree on things. It's just one person enjoyed it more than the other. So I don't know if you want me to go or if you want you to go. <laughs> I'll let you go because because it's it's just been a while it. since yeah. yeah and and to, um, to be honest, one of the things I I find about it just in terms of reviewing this, there's not a lot there, which is weird. I agree. So, no, I agree, and I think that's the movie's biggest problem. So I will say that I uh, I liked the movie, didn't love it, and I still think it's a slight disappointment because I loved. Ragnarok so much so that might sound weird when you ultimately see the score that I give the movie at the end because I think I'm being generous to the movie but I think that's just part of me really enjoying the MCU and still having a good time with the comedic elements of the movie uh, I just think the movie suffers from a very simple generic plot uh, and I think a lot of under baked and half baked um, emotional beats as well as just the plot and story as a whole. Like I feel like it moves so quickly. And like you said, there's not a ton there where they'd never give any of the plot points or emotional beats time to breathe. And in a sense that none of them hit. So I feel like I laughed a lot. Um, I had a pretty good time with some of the action sequences, um, some of the style. Like, it's still like if you liked Ragnarok, that's all there. But I was talking with Neva has seen it twice now and she liked it more the second time. But like, we both have similar problems with the movie where it kind of seems like where Taika Waititi had something to prove with Ragnarok. Like, you know, it was his first big kind of studio movie and like he got a Marvel property. He's going to put his stamp on Thor and and kind of showcase his irreverent kind of uh, fun light comedy throughout Thor and, and bring that to the character where he ultimately does that here, but almost like it, it almost seems like he's almost phoning it in um, into the point where it's like, Hey, I know what you guys like from me. Here's a lot of that. Uh, but I know I still have to give you some emotional stuff in here or else it, 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 there's not going to be anything. And then I think it just fails on those parts of it. So ultimately very mixed on the movie. Uh, mixed positive, I would say, because uh, I still love the character of Thor. I like Taika's version of him. Um, I laughed uh, a lot throughout the first, you know, two thirds of the movie, and then kind of it 
it's tonally awkward and Eric will get into that or tonally chaotic as we brought up at the beginning. Um, and I feel like in that last act, when it kind of removes all the comedic elements and just becomes your kind of standard Marvel, have to get the villain, save the day, you know, various trying to throw in some emotional beats. Uh, it just doesn't really work. So um, I like the movie. Obviously, if you're an MCU fan, you're going to go see this movie anyway. Um, if you're on the fence, I'd still say like, depends on how you felt about Ragnarok. I, I think if you liked Ragnarok, there might be enough here that from that style of comedy that you'll you'll enjoy. I just think at the end of the day, this is a MCU movie that I enjoyed, but I don't know if I need to revisit it right away or if I really even care about it that much. Like it was very disposable to me. And um, it's interesting because I, I think when we talked about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, like I have these around the same spot in my rankings and I feel similarly but completely different about both of them where i was mixed on both but i like multiverse of madness more because i just feel like the sam raiminess of it all and him like going for that and and it's just more interesting i think than what taika is doing in this movie where you yeah you get his comedy and you're probably gonna laugh throughout but other than that i don't think you really get much more and I think that's fine. I'm ultimately going to give it a soft pass. Like I, 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 I enjoyed it for that, but it's not something that um, I really want to go revisit right away. And I'm curious of how I'll, I'll feel in like a rewatch in the future, whether I'll like it more or less based on things. And phase four, we're just in a weird spot where I feel like I brought up the cinema score thing and like three marvel studios has only gotten four cinema scores are dumb but i still think this is an interesting thing where they've gotten four cinema scores under an a and three of them have come in phase four in the last like year so it's just they're in an interesting spot where i think people are and me included who is a huge mcu fan are kind of i don't this sounds hyperbolic but i'm feeling a little bit like i did around the age of ultron days where I still like them and I'm still interested in them, but they feel, and I'm not saying they all need to be connected and we have to have like a, a saga like we did with the infinity saga and things like that. But that consistency where you knew every time you would go out to an MCU movie, it would be like a really great time or you, you I'm finding more and more. I'm like a mixed bag with them, which is fine, but you just hope that that trend doesn't continue and I like them swinging for the fences and this I don't think it really does I think he played it very safe he kind of gave you exactly what you would expect from Ragnarok but it's missing people like Bruce Banner it's missing people like Jeff Goldblum it's missing people like I just don't feel like that chemistry was there with other characters that carried the movie so I'm rambling but I liked it but that's my rambling thoughts of like I'm struggling with my thoughts on the movie so Eric, no no I think what you are saying you know, you, you you obviously like the movie more than I did, but what you are saying here is is a lot of stuff that I had problems with, and I think you put it very well. Where you're looking at what Taika Waititi did with Thor in in Ragnarok, you know that was the beginning of that character being stripped of the kind of macho facade and being taken taken so seriously, and we've seen Thor you know, over, you know, Ragnarok and Avengers Infinity War and Endgame changed 
so much and really become more relatable in, in a way that kind of, you know, looking at someone going through depression and, you know, grief of their own, losing family members and trying to find their purpose in life. Yeah. And that stuff like, you know, self-discovery and reinvention, like all of that was actually really well done. And, and watching and reading a couple interviews with Taika Waititi, he even said that like he put everything into Ragnarok. So it kind of feels like what we're getting with Love and Thunder are, you know, maybe the little bits of, of leftovers that he had because Ragnarok, he didn't get a writing credit on either. Like that's another thing that I, I, I find really fascinating where Thor Love and Thunder, he uh, is uh, the head writer of this this film. So, you know, with that in mind as well, you have to consider like, okay, is, is he also burning himself out? We, we've talked about it before with, you know, him going from one project to the next and literally like, okay, you know, him bringing back Natalie Portman, who has been absent for eight years, almost a decade now from, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is, is her character, is Jane Foster... A, a character that people not only want to see again, but want to see the relationship. And the relationship is so important here because it's a rom-com. You know, he mentioned, YTT mentioned it's a bit of a midlife, midlife crisis movie. You know, the 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 storylines of, of Jane and Gore kind of run parallel to each other. And that's very thematic throughout. But at the same time, you know, when we talked about our, our or gave our thoughts on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, one of the big failings of that movie is that you never really had any kind of emotional attachment to Doctor Strange and uh, Rachel McAdams, Christine, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I felt the same way with, with Thor and, and Jane. I didn't really feel like I was rooting for them in any way. Like it just kind of felt very artificially kind of, you know, presented on the big screen. And and while I like both Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman, I don't really think they have that much chemistry uh, on screen together, to be honest. And then you I like have them in the first Thor movie. I'll just throw that in. Oh, that's fine. I, I, I like them in the first movie as kind of like a fish out of water comedy. And it's weird. Cause like, I remember the first time seeing that film, I think I was kind of burnt out on origin stories at that point, yeah. but and the Dutch angles, um, but, but thinking, but thinking about it now, there is something kind of charming about it, just kind of being almost like a, a, a sort of a, a more serious version of like you know Masters of the Universe, you know the, sure. the eighty seven Dolph Lundgren movie. Um, with this, I think when you look at the script, there are a lot of problems there because you have you know Jane's story, you have. Thor's story, you have Gore's Gore story, story, you have yeah. Valkyrie's story, and they're all these strands that are kind of separated at first and are slowly but surely coming together. And every time you spend, you know, a minute or two getting, you know, new information on where this character's been or where this character's going, it cuts to the other. And it's so incoherent at times that you just kind of feel as though like, let this let this breathe. Yeah. I know this movie is just over two hours, but I almost feel it should have been two twenty or two thirty. Uh, and absolutely, and you could have spent more time on one storyline, you know, and flush that out completely. Because I really, I think Christian Bale is very good as Gore the God Butcher, but 
He's barely in the movie. Yeah, he has a full. He has do. he has a full arc, but he's barely there. And the the storyline is so kind of. It's just kind of your typical paint by numbers villain storyline. I'm mad with at the, the gods because my daughter died, and then exactly, <laughs> exactly, and 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 again, Bale does a lot of the heavy lifting with that with that performance and that character, and and it's the same thing where it's like it's a little bit of stunt casting because you have another Batman actor going to the MCU and and you know That's playing a villain. a villain, but then even you look at the last you know, Thor movie, Ragnarok, one of, one of the biggest problems I had with that is that even though I really like Kate Blanchett, her character was, her character was more just kind of interesting on a aesthetic level, you know, the, the, the costuming and the design. And it's again, the same thing here with, with, with Gore, where like he, he looks interesting. He, you can tell that he's having fun in the scenes he's in, but there's just something where it's like, okay, you don't really get enough time and you have to kind of rely on what you've seen in previous superhero movies that kind of have similar story arcs that are kind of emotionally grounded and not necessarily, you know, villains trying to take over the universe, you know, in the same way that like someone who gave one of the best performances or the best performance in a Marvel movie, in my opinion, with, you know, Michael B. Jordan and Black Panther, who's a very sympathetic villain. And you can mm-hmm. understand where that hurt and pain comes from and why he wants to get back at Wakanda as a nation. And, and so like with that, you know, you're comparing it, but, but just looking at it from the point of view of like, you know, a rom-com filled with psychedelic sort of um, color coded kaleidoscope visuals. It's kind of ugly looking. I, I found it to be very cheap and yeah. there's a lot of times where I was questioning were the actors even in the same scenes together half of the time because they're, we've gotten to that point where the technology is good enough where you can kind of cut around certain actors if you know their schedule doesn't allow them to be on set the same day. And if you're watching certain eye lines of characters, you know, you can see that the way that they cut between close-ups or medium shots to, you know, somebody else it almost feels like they're not in the same frame or the same set on the same day. Um, and the same thing goes mm-hmm. with some of the visual effects. Like I think like the, the helmets that both the mighty Thor oh, and awful. Thor wear, they <laughs> look like Snapchat filters. <laughs> yeah, like, like something they do. You get That's on, a great it's, point. It's terrible. Those, and, and, that was the most egregious part. Like I didn't notice some of the other stuff I get. Like, I think it's the first movie that they've used that vault, the volume, the star Wars kind of thing with the, where they shoot on the, led screen so i i bet you there's like a huge learning curve there to make that not look cheap and like not look like tv and stuff like that but i didn't notice it as much because i i do feel like even in ragnarok like there's some uh, atrocious green screen in in ragnarok as well and um and i don't know i'm at that point with marvel movies where like i can tell like i think miss marvel looks very cinematic and awesome because they shoot a lot of it on location it seems like and um and i i tweeted that the other day and unfortunately with something like thor you can't always do that because you're in these fantastical worlds and 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 things like that but i I do agree with you i just it that didn't bother me as much as the story stuff like i didn't find it incredibly awful to look at because it had i don't know it had a corny kind of vibe to it and i felt like the thor the vibe that ytt brings like that didn't bother me as much but then when you're so tonally awkward and you're trying to balance it with those serious moments i do feel like maybe that stuff stands out a bit more 
Um, but so I get what yeah. you're saying. It just I didn't it didn't bother me as much. But I I I, I hear you. Yeah, and I, and I think like again, one of the things um you know I I keep thinking about with with Taika Waititi right now. You know, not only is he a little bit overexposed, more so for for like film Twitter and and people sure. like us. Like Maybe I think like you know the, like a like regular... a mainstream going um sort of you know like a, a a regular movie goer probably doesn't even notice. No, or doesn't even realize that you know he's doing the motion capture and voice for Korg, um, which yeah. I think there's too much Korg in this as well. Well, um, I see I, that's where I disagree where there's I, a lot of Korg, I think, but I didn't think Korg was great in the movie. Cause I love Korg. You know how much I love Korg. Favorite well, that's what I mean. I think there's too much Korg so. in this. I think there is still too much Korg. Like even using him as almost like a Peter Falk, you know, princess bride framing device of him telling yeah. Thor's story. It kind of feels like there's just too much of him to the point where like, he almost overshadows Valkyrie for some of this too. And, and, and her storyline. Sure. And it's like, okay, let's, let's give, you know, him more time and give a lot of these other characters I wanted more short shift or, or, or Sif, uh, which we'll yeah. get more into uh, <laughs> uh, the, that, even though that character is not, you know, necessarily a, a yeah. you know, a, a mainstay. Um, but going back to Waititi, Waititi for me is getting into this territory where I feel He's very much like a Ricky Gervais, where Ricky Gervais, when he's making something, he's always trying to be irreverent and skewer the thing that, you know, everybody is excited about or, or poking fun at sort of, you know, the 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 structure of a comedy or a drama or making you care about these characters. But then, you know, he also wants you to you know, shed a tear or he wants you to really feel the impact that, you know, his storytelling has. It's almost like this kind of like, you know, have my cake and eat it too kind of thing where you're watching, you know, it's like, look how funny and silly these superhero movies are and like how ridiculous and over the top. But it's like, but I also want you to care so much about Thor and Jane and where they're going. And it's just like, mm-hmm. y- it just it has that kind of like smug kind of sensibility that I'm not the biggest fan of. And and I just find mm-hmm. that YTT does do that even with Jojo Rabbit, where like it's like, look yeah. how silly, you know, these World War Two movies are. But you know what? I'm going to hit you with an emotional impact yeah. that's going to just make it, you cry. Not a lot of people can uh, walk that tightrope, right? Like, no. We talk about it a lot where, you know, the the tonal changes you need to go from how silly his comedy is to some of the emotional stuff that he wants to do or even dramatic stuff. And like we talk about Bong Joon-ho and and, and other people that like are so well, even Sam Raimi, that. right? With like, like Evil, the Evil Raimi, Dead yeah. movies, right? Um, there's so many more, too. But like just a couple examples of people who are good at that, but it, it's not very many people are. And I would say why, why is getting to that point where it's like, yeah, you, it's, you, you almost have to pick a lane, but then if you just pick the comedic lane, like you, you might like, again, Ragnarok, I think has enough, like there, he doesn't go totally into the, like, I need to make you feel something. It's just like a fun comic book movie, right? Like with a lot of comedy and, you know, well, there's uh, a little bit of that between Loki and Thor kind of patching up yeah, the relationship a little sure, bit, but then that's fine. You don't go, it's not like it trying to go as heavy as this movie is at times, right? Like with some yeah. of the themes and some of the stuff going on. And I feel like that's what I mean by balancing them. You need to find an emotional through line that 
isn't so jarring to the really zany comedy that you have. And I think like it works way better in Ragnarok than it does in this movie. Cause to your point, like the brotherly thing between Thor and Loki and Loki, who's already a character that's troubled and, and, and complicated. And like, I feel like you, that fits that tone a little bit more than dealing with the things Jane's going through or the things that Gore is going through in this movie. Like, I just feel like, you needed to either take some of the focus away from the comedy and then put it a little bit more into that drama to your point, maybe add 20 minutes to the movie. Like it's rare that me and you, especially in a movie that were you didn't like, and I liked uh, by asking for 20 more minutes, right? Because then it's like, Oh wow. Did we want this to be two and a half hours? You're like, Oh, maybe we did because then it would have let some of those emotional and dramatic beats kind of breathe and, and develop more because I feel like this movie just hits the ground running it tells you a lot instead of showing you a lot and it just kind of goes. And then even how characters are acting at times, you're just like, okay, that's not, that's like a leap. Like for that, they're just like, okay, let's move on to the next thing. And like, it moves on to the next thing and moves on to the next thing. And you're like, no one is taking a second to like think about what's happening or, or ask questions or want to know more about something. It just feels like very like, but, 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 but over. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then there's a ton of comedy sprinkled in throughout. And depending on if you like YTT's humor, you're going to laugh or you're not. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a mixed bag. Uh, I'd love to get into spoilers. Do you want to save our, our scores to the end or just give them now? I think maybe we should like give our, our scores now for people yeah. that haven't seen it. But I want to yeah. say the one... Last I wasn't the biggest fan of the comedy with the exception of Russell Crowe as Zeus. Okay, I thought sure. he was incredible. He's funny. He's funny. And it made me wish that we had a, a nice guy sequel. Um, oh, yeah. I, I agree. Nice like, guys I, it's, is great and Russell like, Crowe is great. It's one of those things where Russell Crowe, like you can tell that he's having a blast, but at the same time, it's like I was trying to pinpoint what accent he was doing. It's like, okay, is oh, he doing it's like Greek, Greek is Italian. He doing, is he doing, <laughs> yeah, is it Greek because of the you know the the Greek mythology? Is 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 it yeah. Italian because it sounds almost Italian at times? But you can tell like he's just like you know what I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna do a bit, and do and this thing. I'm just gonna have a, gonna I'm be gonna be funny. literally become Oliver Reed, and like it's just so much fun watching him kind of just like go off and like it's probably my favorite sequence of the film i agree he is very 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 funny uh the comedy did work for me like i did laugh quite a bit throughout the whole movie so that's and and another thing that we talked about all the time comedy is one of those things that it's either going to be like it's so subjective that you're either going to like the humor or you're not and i feel like that's hard to criticize other than how much he puts in it. So uh, I'm going to give the movie, like I said, I'm going to sound generous, but it's because I originally gave the movie a three. Then I thought about it and I'm like, I'm going to go up to a three, five because it's Marvel and I still liked it a lot. And I was looking at other movies. I gave 3.5 to this year and I'm like, Oh, I like this movie better than those. So I kind of have to be consistent, but I think my original disappointment had me at a three after I sat on it and thought about other things. I was like, you know what? I, a seven out of 10 sounds fine to me where it's like I enjoyed it I'm probably not gonna think about it much more after this conversation and maybe I'll revisit it down the line and see how I feel so I'm gonna give it a 3.5 yeah it's it's not great it is it better than Thor the Dark World absolutely um I would say that this is one of those movies that 
is disappointing because there's so much going on for it and that you think like okay you've got you know some of the best actors working you have a director who you know seems to kind of have you know an interesting hold on hollywood right now with his style of filmmaking that is a little less cookie cutter than just like your classic kind of superhero film um but it just it just doesn't come together and it just kind of feels like this kind of splattered collage that you know at at one point you can be looking at the corner of the painting or the canvas and be like, Oh, that's kind of cool. But then like, you know, you look over at the other side of it and you're just like, Oh, this does not fit at all. And it just, it's, it's off putting, Mm. like it's weird for the sake of being weird, but not in a fun way. So two and a half out of five. Okay. And with that, let's get into some spoiler thoughts, some spoiler thoughts. I'm going to write a time code down. Um, I mean, we kind of covered exactly how we feel about the movie. Uh, I will say on the comedy front, I did laugh a lot. Uh, it, it is my style of of weird, irreverent kind of humor. And there were some bits in there that I laughed my ass off on. I know the goats uh, go on for way too long um, and way too much. I laughed every single time, Eric. I laughed every I laughed time. once. And I laughed when they crashed into the planet and they screamed That was afterwards. funny. Very that was funny. Good. That was great. I laughed when they were on uh, the Guardian ship. Uh, oh, talk about the guard! We never even talked about the Guardians. Absolutely I think Guardians. Useless. I think I, I think that that was kind of a like spoiler to be like, okay, well, how much of them is of going them to be in they? it? And there's not because much in anyway. the trailer, in the trailers, it's obviously misleading. But here's the problem I had with the Guardians thing. I get why Taika Waititi kind of it's like you know there's a continuity there. You know, sure. Thor going off with the Guardians at the end of Endgame, you kind of have to address like what happened there. And I almost kind of liked that opening sequence where it's like, you know, the guardians use him when they have a really big problem and he's fighting yeah. weird bird people, which actually like yeah, the great, design yeah. of those weird bird people. Um, but my biggest problem with kind of the send off with the guardians isn't because like they're only in it for about five minutes. It's weird that it's Chris Pratt giving that kind of, speech to uh, I was going to say Thor, Chris Hemsworth's character um, because in both Affinity War and, 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 and Endgame the, the, the relationship, the strongest relationship Guardian versus Thor is With Rocket, Rocket. and yeah. it just kind of is like Rocket's just kind of like not even like Rocket has like one line saying like oh I thought this, you said this was going to be like a vacation and I understand that you know Star-Lord is going through his own you know, uh, emotional turmoil right now with having, you know, lost um, Zoe Saldana's character. Yeah, Gamora. And so he can kind of give Thor that kind of like, oh, well, it's good to feel something when you've lost somebody. But That's why they did it, but I agree. It it is, but it is just strange that like Rocket, the one guy he spent the most time with and kind of built a a, a bit of a relationship with. in this, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with you on that. I I think the Guardians are useless in the movie and they didn't even need to be there. I get why you have them because of the end of Endgame, but like it just feels like then why why set that up to then in five minutes just be like, okay, we're we're gone now. It's just like it seemed useless and like that sequence, I like that they can't beat these bird people and Thor has to come and save the day. You know, you got uh, Welcome to the Jungle playing. I thought it was awesome. I liked it. Um but I agree with you. Like the Pratt thing, I guess they do it because of that. They like the back and forth between like who's the leader kind of thing. Or Thor's always saying that like, oh, this is 
like you have the, the it's my ship it's blah 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 like that comedic bit but then you have the heartfelt moment from star lord and i agree with you that i would have preferred that to come from rocket because they had that relationship throughout uh end game and, and and infinity war and um i don't know i just it's it was it feels like something that's in there to kind of even get more people interested who really like the guardians movies and and stuff like that and i know the guardians movies and the at least ragnarok are kind of on a similar kind of plane um but i just found like them like i don't know it felt really kind of pointless to have them in there um so whatever but then but i But you have to the, though because of the continuity I right i guess I mean, it's the same like, problem easily... with obi-wan kenobi right where that series yeah. is like well there are certain things that you can and can't do because you have where all you this other world building you, yeah yeah i agree I, I understand that but i feel like it could have been done i guess if you just said oh he's not with them anymore then people would be like what what <laughs> like so i get yeah. why you have to have them in one sequence but um seems silly the other bit that i really did like a lot was the relationship between mjolnir and stormbreaker that that is good that's a better love triangle um, than the 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 relationship between uh natalie portman and yes Chris they weirdly develop that more throughout the whole movie than they do with jane and, and and stuff like that so i um i think that bit is just that is taika at his best where it's just like really silly but perfectly timed and perfectly framed with storm breaker just like floating in and like looking at thor when he's talking about <laughs> mjolnir and stuff like oh, that oh hi like, stormbreaker <laughs> yeah oh that is good there. That, that shit was really really funny throughout um and you know and i liked the i liked korg i, I actually even wanted more korg i just felt like uh, what the the korg we got in this movie i felt like wasn't nearly as funny as he was in ragnarok and like Maybe that is because he's around the whole movie and just like I liked him, though, explaining how his his planet are just all dudes and they mate in a lava pit and like thought that was funny. Um, and uh, when Korg almost dies, I was like, no, you don't. I had more emotion, Eric, in that scene than Natalie Portman dying at the end. And I was like, when Korg almost goes, I was like, no, I turned to Nevis. I was like, this can't happen right now. This, they can't do this. And then like, I, ironically, when Natalie Portman's turning into gold dust at the end, I'm like, all right, cool. The wrestler. <laughs> like, it's like, I just, yeah. Gold dust. Um, I, uh. But then that's the crux of the movie's problem is like if I'm more invested in Korg almost dying but his face survives than Natalie Portman at the end, I just feel like you did not do a good job at um, her her cancer story. And like I think Natalie Portman is good as Jane Foster. I don't know if I love her as the Mighty Thor. Um, I think all the cancer stuff, while it she she does a good job with it, I think, is just like they don't spend enough time – like really developing it they just kind of tell you and like it drops you right back in there we haven't seen jane in eight years it's like oh she has cancer here's darcy here's stellan skarsgård uh she's trying to figure it out oh maybe mjolnir will help me oh she has mjolnir how long was she thor oh valkyrie already knows that she's thor and then there's this like uh, and how much goes- time has been between her becoming the mighty thor and Thor coming back to Earth, like that yeah. one sequence. There's no kind of clear. But I mean, Valkyrie not that it has to clearly be. knows, but like yeah. it's like, and she's obviously like fought people because Valkyrie's like, wait till you see her and stuff like that. But I just feel like, and you're talking about gore. Like, there's this great opening sequence with Christian Bale, and I liked the weird god that he meets and the flower the sun god, and like yeah. yeah, and like 
Christian Bale is a dynamite actor and he does a great job. It's just like that. He lived long enough to become the villain. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, The gore opening sequence is like all you really get from him until like the last act. And he pops up in another thing with some shadow monsters to kidnap the Asgardian children and Heimdall's kid that we didn't know about. And I know who randomly is introduced (laughs) in this horrible sort of like vision that he can kind of like communicate with Thor and, and him wanting to also be named Axel after Axel Rose. I know you like the welcome to the jungle song. I guns and roses is one of those bands where it's like, I like the album appetite for destruction, but destruction. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just kind of like the typical go-to album and song. And for for YTT to kind of just use he this. He uses four different Guns N' Roses songs. From yeah, that it's album. just kind of, it's just a little bit uninspired. And like, I, I was, more, more, I was more impressed. I was more impressed with him using Dio in the end credits with uh, Rainbow in the Dark than I yeah. was with anything in that. Because it just kind of is like, oh, like that's the safe. If like, you're looking for something that's kind of like metal you know late metal. 80s yeah. you go to guns and roses first and it's just like okay well i mean i love in high times. school in high school i loved guns and roses and i loved making fun of axel rose so like it worked for me on that level because like i just had that connection there because like uh, uh some people in high school used to always make fun of axel rose and just like the name axel so like that but the heimdall's random kid we didn't know about like that's the kind of things that i'm like you're just throwing in there and you don't spend any time on any of this shit and it's just like you play it all for comedic bits and then when you get in the dramatic stuff it undercuts it so much like that sequence with christian bale with the kids in the in the beetlejuice cage is just like um it it just (laughs) doesn't it just doesn't work because you undercut it with so much comedy throughout and christian bale is so great but like again give me more we don't see gore really kill a god in the movie he's called the god butcher he doesn't kill a god we don't see him well, he kills the one god and then one afterwards the it's almost and like it's you know it's it's through kind of other people that you hear oh this this being is murdering the gods but you mentioned beetlejuice i want to just say quickly another with with some of the storylines are also very similar to other comic book or comic book adaptation so the idea of the asgardian children being abducted um by gore while gore is using these shadow monsters as a diversion is almost out of batman returns when the penguin steals you know the firstborn children of yeah you know of gotham which is also you know just basically like the the story of moses right and then on top of that the the cancer storyline i think could have been done so much better or if they found a way to kind of like if if it was maybe a different character who you've kind of had more time to kind of care about or 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 have a journey with because even though i'm not a big superman fan the one thing i really did like about richard donner's movie is that you have a being who can save anybody from external forces that threaten them. But the one thing he couldn't, the one person he couldn't save was Pa Kent because Pa Kent's, you know, battle was with heart disease and he, you know, Superman couldn't do anything, you know, he 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 can do anything, but he can't do that. Yeah, exactly. And, and with that, 
like that's why I think like Zack Snyder's Man of Steel fails miserably because you know you just have Kevin Costner being swept up in a in a <laughs> wave tornado it, wave into a tornado and, that and you could have easily saved him. Yeah, it's more devastating where it's like you can't save There's a loved one do. from yeah, and and, and make that superhero the weak. way you're. The way you're explaining that, Eric, is fantastic. How, why doesn't this movie do that, right? It doesn't wrestle with that Never. at all. It's like, it, that is so perfect, right? Like, if Thor found out about this earlier and the whole movie is him trying to find a way and he's also maybe trying to race Gore to eternity or something to get this wish to save Jane or something. And like, you, you get a little bit of that at the end when it's just like, you know, Gore could save you know, Gore's face turn at the end, which is not earned at all. And like, or not really even a face turn, but it's just like hit, saving his daughter instead of killing all the gods. We'll get to that. Who's in a played sec, by Chris like, Hemsworth's daughter. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like that doesn't hit because it's not earned at all. Like he's just killing gods throughout the whole movie. He's trying to get a, to eternity to wish the gods away. And then in this like one moment, just because Natalie, he finds out Natalie Portman's going to die. And she's the one that kind of goes, wish your daughter back. Don't kill the gods. And he's like, great idea and then he's and then thor's like yeah i'll take care of your daughter it's just like none of that feels and her being what, what, the 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 love in the title too like that's yeah. not earned either where it's like ah, no. oh, you thought it was natalie portman but it's actually this kid who we've this only spent one other know. scene with <laughs> yeah. who's actually hemsworth's daughter in real life <laughs> and you don't you don't care because you only spent that one scene you don't know anything about his daughter you don't know anything about gore really other than they were like dying in a desert like you just so that doesn't feel earned and makes me go okay Thor yeah he found his purpose I get what you're doing like I get the idea there um but it just again goes back to feeling earned and what you're talking about of like if Thor found about Jane and found out about her cancer and was like he's a god but there's nothing he can do to save Jane um that is interesting but the movie doesn't do that at all Thor finds no. out in the third act a scene before the final like climax and like there's one scene in a hospital where he's like, you need to stay here because it's killing you every time you use Mjolnir. And then, then the movie happens and she dies. And it's just like, uh, really? Like that's, that's how you're going to handle this cancer storyline is just like, it, it didn't feel like there was so much more there. And then same with Gore with the necro sword. Him. Right. And how both yeah. the hammer and the sword are, you know, giving these characters a, a, a lease on life, but at the same time, also it's draining them. them. Yeah. At the yeah. same time. So that's interesting too, that juxtaposition, but the movie, yeah, it shows you that, but it doesn't really go into that juxtaposition really, or gives you much from gore other than he's a cookie cutter villain from a great actor. Like, I feel like there's something there where you could have had bail. I know they cut scenes with other people like Jeff Goldblum and, and, and Peter Dinklage. And, and I'm not saying those movies, those scenes would have saved the movie, but like having Gore interact with either characters we've already known, or if he killed someone we already knew, sure. He Who's a big deal too, arm. right? You um, know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, or you see this giant God that he killed, or you, you hear about all these gods that he killed, but you're just basically being told this and it doesn't give very much impact for that character other than him going, and looking like Voldemort and like trying to uh, like kidnap these kids or, or stab Thor or, or whatever, where I just feel like you needed a little bit more from that 
you need more from gore where it showed him killing a <laughs> need god more gore. Showing, yeah i don't know show him killing a character that we know or another god or introduce another god and have him like i, I don't know what it who he needed to kill or, or they. he's not imposing enough as a villain like it just kind of yeah. feels like he's a guest star in this movie where it's like okay well we need your obligatory villain so you know what makes what makes Gore more of a standout villain than, say, Christopher Eccleston's elf yeah. in the Dark World is that Christian Bale's yeah. a much better actor, actor, uh, and, yeah. and 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 he brings something to it, but he can only do so much if there's not a interesting arc there and when you're watching yeah. him, you can tell that he's game for it, like he really is yeah. having a good time, and again, like watching the movie the one scene where he is interacting with you know natalie portman and chris hemsworth and and tessa thompson i was worried that that scene was one of those scenes i was talking about where it kind of felt like oh did they shoot it with you know everybody on the same soundstage and they did with that but what i did also find weird is that like the mouth gags that they had were digitally added in 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 post-production so that it's just it's strange like like, what they pick and choose for practical uh, effects i agree i agree with you and i feel like they need to kind of figure out use more practical effects and not just go oh we'll fix this in post kind of thing in shooting or like we'll add but we sound hypocritical too because we didn't like eternals as much and eternals did try to kind of like shoot you know shoot on on location locations and and things like that but there was something kind of sluggish about that movie as well so where with this kind of it feels just very slight at the end of the day I agree. I will say I liked a lot of the action sequences while I don't think that, um, you know, uh, any, any of them blew me away. Uh, I like the, the shadow realm kind of look. I, um, and I like the black and white with the subtle color from whether it's Mjolnir or the, or, or, uh, um, Russell Crowe's lightning bolt and stuff like that. Like I, I liked that sequence and, and just that, okay, let's just rip the color out of the movie and have this that way. Like, I think that is an interesting choice and I actually, that's where all that Batman visual. goes, right? Um, like I kept yeah, thinking about yeah. that line that Will Arnett has. It's like, I only as, as Lego yeah. Batman, I only wear black or like, you know, shades yeah. of gray. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I liked the look and especially for a movie that's so colorful. Like, I think that was an interesting choice to set the, the final fight on like a stripped of color and things like that. So I, I kind of like that. I like the look of eternity. Um, I, yeah. So there are some things to like, and again, I laughed throughout the whole thing. Like I, I really did genuinely think that it was funny. I love the sequence in omnipotent city. Like you said, with Russell Crowe, like the, you flick too hard, damn it. And like everyone looking at Thor's sexy bod is hilarious. It's great. Russell Crowe's accent is fantastic. All the different gods you see, whether they're Easter eggs to Marvel things we've already, you know, seen or heard about, or, uh, you know, something like, like the, the celestial God and like, yeah. And the, and like things like that, like Korg's God and, and, and stuff like that. Like, that shit all worked for me. Um, I do agree. Valkyrie but that's weird too, though, right? Because because sorry to cut you off there. Because that because yeah, no, when you're okay. looking at like what's going on right now in Phase Four, 
you think that like like oh this would be a perfect time to kind of reference or have you know conchu or something like that pop up and 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 sort of have some of that because it does seem like phase four is getting more and more cosmic with moon knight with eternals with thor love and thunder it's not just one you know movie kind of being on that level it's it's multiple films and you know the references that they're they're bringing in are a lot of newer ones or ones that are kind of one-offs you know even with kind of like the post-credits scene where you know they're bringing in uh the the, this version of hercules who again like i think i think it's i think i thought that was funny but at the same time it's just like okay well this is a a new character that now you know you're not sure whether or not this is going to continue i think it will in some way or another because hercules in marvel there is a marvel hercules so it's like okay let's see what they do with that um but it just kind of feels like you know when they're using these these characters are introducing these characters. There's, there's not a lot of impact. Like the way that they handled Valkyrie in this, like it almost felt like, okay, if you, if you had actually killed her off, there might've been a more of an emotional impact there, but then there's not. And they just kind of leave it. Commit to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's strange with like what they, you know, kind of decide like, Oh, this is going to be the emotional, you know, heartbeat of the film, or this is going to be the moment that you're kind of going to be most surprised with, which there's, not a lot and then like as just kind of like a fun comic book action movie romp i think that it doesn't do anything that is as satisfying or entertaining as any of the other marvel movies to be honest and like like i know you like the action but i just kind of found it redundant after a while and i don't disagree like i enjoyed it as like it was presented to me but like i i don't think this is going to be one that i'm going back going or remember that action sequence or remember that like even iron man 3 i think like we i know we're lovers of iron man 3 where many people aren't but i think of like that air force one sequence or like you can pick out any marvel movie and you pick one thing where i don't know even in ragnarok like i think the bridge sequence with um you know, uh, uh, oh, why am I blanking on the song again? I have the songs from this movie in my head. Immigrant song by Led Immigrant song. I was like, oh, I can't I think of immigrant song. Even that bridge sequence, I think, is like awesome. And there's like moments throughout Ragnarok, the Hulk fight. And like, and that's the thing that I keep going. And it's hard not to compare it to Ragnarok, obviously. Right. But I do really think that Bruce Banner, Thor, kind of chemistry you're missing in this movie i think you're missing a presence like a jeff goldblum and i know that's what russell crowe was supposed to be in this movie but you get a lot more goldblum in ragnarok and he's like a central part of it where i almost kind of wish russell crowe was more of a central part of this as like a b villain to gore where like where goldblum was kind of a b villain sort of villain ish character to Hella that kind of had that comedic relief and kind of brought a little bit more to it where, you know, I in Goldblum can be you know uh, too much at times too, but like, I think he just totally worked. And even though he's just Jeff Goldblum and, and um, I just thought that that was fantastic. And like, I just don't think the chemistry to your point too, between Jane and, and, and Thor is the same. Like uh, as a and i guess they were trying to do that with the guardians replacing kind of hulk as the other marvel characters in this movie to interact with him but like and i just didn't find that chemistry there when she was thor of like her comedic moments or even any of that to really work and i did miss that chemistry from someone like a mark ruffalo or um the different aspects of ragnarok and i well, think that's and, where and, and also missing. 
Ruffalo being an OG Avenger with, yeah. you know, Hemsworth's Thor, it's like, okay, they've spent enough time together consistently throughout, yeah. you know, the, the phases where it's like when you get to Ragnarok and even when you get to, you know, uh, Endgame where, where, you know, Bruce is kind of t- telling Thor, like, you need to, like, we need you, you know, like you, you are, you are worthy of doing this. And it wasn't your fault that Thanos, you know, succeeded and, and, and in order to kind of, work this out like he's the one that kind of gets him out of his funk and so with all of that it kind of felt a little bit more earned where you know again jane has been absent for almost a decade so and you kind yeah. of think we saw it's her like, briefly in endgame but it was really but that was just, just archival a, footage yeah um with yeah. her with natalie portman doing like a quick like one line for the russo brothers and when you when you look at at, at and again like behind the scenes like part of the reason why natalie portman left the series is because of you know patty jenkins dark was world. going to direct thor the dark world and then you know uh marvel for whatever reason had creative differences creative in differences that. yeah yeah soured and so, her a little bit right just like it yeah. soured a lot of us you know yeah uh. and 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 so her coming back was kind of a big deal especially when it was announced at that one comic-con panel and and you know again you think like oh this is you know like even if the character isn't that well written or kind of one note, you have an amazing actor who, you know, for all intents and purposes, always kind of brings her best, even if the material's not great. But here, like the most interesting moment for for her character is explaining the wormhole thing, where she's referencing um you know, Event Horizon <laughs> and Interstellar, which is also funny because Matt Damon, Matt Damon is, yeah. is in Interstellar. <laughs> I was and like, so in, who in, plays Matt Damon's character in the MCU? And Christopher Nolan then is now canon in well, so is Paul W.S. Christian, Anderson. And then Chris, <laughs> Chris, uh, Christian Bale is in this. So that breaks my brain on a whole nother level. If you it's like really the Riz Ahmed dirty. thing, right? In Miss um, Marvel, right? Yeah. Where like, it's like, oh, so Riz Ahmed exists as Riz Ahmed. And then also did Nolan direct in- Batman movies in the MCU or did he direct Marvel movies based on the Marvel characters? <laughs> and it's just like, it's that's, that's a lot, but, um, yeah. To ra- to kind of uh, go over the a couple other things I wanted to talk about, uh, I guess we'll go into the ending as well as the post credit scenes because I don't think that I think we covered mostly everything else as I'm going through. I didn't love how the Guardians they're like look at all these distress signals and there's like thousands of them. They're like someone's killing all these gods and they're like all right peace Thor and just leave and I'm like all right that doesn't make any sense either but okay um, and then at the end you get. Uh, what we I briefly mentioned earlier in this talk was like Gore's kind of face turn sort of thing, which doesn't feel earned at all because throughout the whole movie he's just portrayed as a villain and there's no kind of him fighting with himself and the and the necro sword of, of of should i be doing this or should i save my daughter i miss her so much it's just no i want to kill all the gods and then it's at not the like very the ring last from lord scene, of the rings no and then at the very last sequence in the movie or in in the final like set piece um you know jane is dying uh because thor's real she comes to save thor and thor goes if you use mjolnir one more time it's going to basically kill you because it's sucking all your life out and it's not helping you fight the cancer so even though you use you're strong when you use mjolnir it's actually killing you uh to eric's point of the juxtaposition so they bring her in she saves the day at the end um and then there's this moment where like thor is kind of begging gore to save jane right and then um and then jane is the one who goes or or he says like he um, says like do what you want but i'm gonna spend my last moments with jane which again that should have been really impactful but it's not 
Yeah, it's not at all. And then and then Jane is the one who says, like, wish your daughter back instead of killing all the gods. Like, give her she won't be alone. A chance. Yeah. And then and then and, I get and, that and Christian Bale's between. line reading of oh, I'm dying. <laughs> like it, that yeah, was the one bad line. It's reading. not great. Like, oh, man, yeah. Bale, come on. I know. But it's just not giving him much. So then when he wishes love back and then love becomes the daughter of eternity now. And um, so it's not necessarily even his daughter. It's just eternity uh, creating a child. Basically, it's eternity's daughter, but that looks like Gore's daughter. <laughs> it's, so it's not actually Gore's daughter coming back. It's like a new being that it created that looks like Gore's daughter. So even if you think of it that way, it's like, uh, okay. And then Thor agrees when Gore's like, take take care of her. And then, like, and then, uh, and then Thor's like, yeah and i'm like uh, i get it like it's a it's his child like thor's not gonna be like fuck this kid because your dad was an asshole like um i just i thought he would drop her off at asgard though i thought like he'd be like someone there here's with, like, here's with the other kids something. like here's yeah. with the other kids right here's, here's axel uh, who axel. we've known forever yeah. <laughs> the floating head thing i did laugh like i laughed at the floating it's head. so abrupt um, and weird yeah, it's but stupid, not in a good way <laughs> i know sure um so it's not this doesn't feel earned at all. Um, and then you have this last sequence that's supposed to be like Gore or Thor found his purpose in Gore's daughter. And like, it's cute, but like one, I don't like when ev- any TV show or movie gives a main character, a child, because you're like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna commit to this. Like if there's another Thor movie. You're not going to have Chris Hemsworth daughter running around with him. Like, uh, like, so you have this last sequence where she's using Stormbreaker. She drew on Mjolnir, which I think is a funny visual. Like if they keep that in, in future movies and stuff like that. But, um, I'm like, you're just, you're not going to commit to this. And I feel like giving him a daughter is like a weird choice. And like, just so you can get the twist of love and thunder and he found his purpose kind of thing. And like, if you're going to finish Thor with this and like okay that's that's what he's doing now he's chilling with love and and they live together and he's Uncle Thor and like all right but then you got the mid credit scene of and I'll let you jump in in a second Eric but I'll just go over what happens at the end uh, the mid credit say- scene which you talked about where Zeus is alive and he uh <laughs> is is getting tended to by his Zeusettes and um and and then he's talking to Hercules his son um and it's played by uh, Brett Goldstein from uh, uh, Ted, Ted Lasso, Lasso, who you guys would know as, uh, as Re- Roy Kent. It was perfect casting, actually. It's hilarious. And he's like, yes, father. And then he's got his little club thing. And then the final. Hercules, post- Hercules. Yeah. Uh, the final post credit scene, you see that Jane is welcomed into Valhalla. And our boy Idris El- uh, Elba is there as Heimdall. And then uh, everyone gets a little bit of a happy ending there. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Hercules thing, I think, is, is hilarious and awesome. Like, I love Brett Goldstein. I think he's amazing as Roy Kent. And I think he would be I think he fits perfectly into what Thor is in the MCU now, where if you had a Hercules going after Thor and then a Hercules Thor team up, which I'm assuming is what it'll end up being, because Hercules is a hero in in Marvel. He's not a villain. So I'm assuming he'll be an anti-hero or an antagonist and then he'll become friends with Thor and then that'll be kind of the the team up thing we get moving forward in the next movie or wherever they show up um and then the with the uh, Valhalla stuff I only read that as like this is where 
you know, eventually the last scene, whenever they kill off Thor, he just gets his happy ending with because like they keep killing off everyone Thor loves every movie. That's why I'm kind of like with the Natalie Portman thing, like just give them something, <laughs> like give them someone. And then they keep killing off every person who is close to. So it, it, with the Valhalla thing, it just confirms to me like when they eventually kill off Thor, you'll bring all of these people back for one last moment as he reunites with them in Valhalla. I don't see that as like a they're coming back, maybe. Kind of thing. No, but that that right. gets a little weird too, though, because of the Loki thing with the variants. So, like, shouldn't like not that necessarily the the but each universe would have its own Valhalla, I think. Right, but but I'm talking about the Loki that died in in this Thor's yeah world. I don't think he would in... be in Valhalla. He would be oh, in you hell, don't... I think. Well, because he sacrificed himself to help. Like it was kind of like he redeemed himself. Yeah, when I don't Thanos, know when when he when he double tries to, you know, sneak a fast Tri- one on yeah, Thanos. triple cross him and then he gets choked out. Like, I, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. And maybe the the you don't just see him there because maybe Heimdall is the one who greets people like Heimdall still got the same job he did. on. on yeah. The, and on where the are the other the, people the, that 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 Waititi makes a joke about, like Ray Stevens, you know, uh, character and all those other yeah. guys that were they'd all be like, there, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, or Sif's arm, you know, like that. I thought Sif's that would arm. be like, like, yeah, that would be a the joke as well. Weird joke. Yeah. Is that her arm is there? Yeah. Which is probably better um, that they didn't just because, you know, maybe it's in poor taste, but um, agreed, I don't know. But yeah. it just kind of felt like. Like, oh, like that would be something why TT would because they do reference it and it's like, oh, maybe your arms in Valhalla, you know, I think um, that would have been funny, but I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I don't see this like I know in the comics and in, in Norse mythology, like people, the people who died and go to Valhalla do come back. But usually it's like to fight after Ragnarok, at which they've already done Ragnarok. So like I I don't see these people like this is a hint that they could come back. I just see it as this is where Thor will end up when he ultimately dies and is done with the MCU. Like that's what I take it as. And I think, I think Loki could be there and, and you know, Anthony Hopkins and, and everyone, <laughs> but all your favorites. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's ultimately going to be the last Renee Russo. Renee Russo will be there. Everyone will be there. All your faves, Zachary Levi. Um, uh, so like, I don't know. I, I just take that as like, not like, Ooh, Jane and Heimdall could come back more so than, uh, I, it's like almost a future spoiler of like, whenever they decide to kill off Thor and when Hemsworth is finally done with the character, he'll go to Valhalla and he'll get his happy kind of ending with all these people he lost. So, but it um, does leave it open. I think as well, if they were going to do something with like some, I mean, you're watching dragon ball right now. And so, you know, like they could do something with the other dimension kind of thing where like somebody's yeah. wish back in like a kind of secret war situation or something totally, like that, yeah. where it's like, Oh, we need, well, you know, mighty Thor. So, you know, we'll, we'll wish her back for this like event film. Or you're something you're like absolutely that. right. Because like, that's what I meant by like every, all the bat, like the warriors in Valhalla do come back for like the end of the earth battle kind of thing. Right. So Usually that's Ragnarok, but I think if I'm don't, I don't not super up on my Norse mythology, but like, I think to your point, if there's some big battle, that's how they could get these people to come back for that in an end game style, like, you know, portals open and people come like, I think that's where 
they could. And I think it might just be like a one-off thing if that does happen. Uh, I like the Brett Goldstein thing. I think it's, it's really funny and I think uh, he could work, but I don't know whether that's the next Thor movie or if that's somewhere else, but. Yeah, maybe we should end. And I mean, you mentioned it at the beginning of the show and we've talked a lot, you know, every time we've talked about phase four entries that there doesn't seem to be a clear direction of where all these films are leading to. But then Kevin Comic-Con next week recently said that there will be an announcement soon or, or, you know, as we get You'll closer have more to clarity the end of, it. of where we're yeah. going. Yeah. And, and I kind of feel like maybe that's also a problem with, you know, the expectation of, you know, certain moviegoers where it's like they need a path, you know, like the idea of building to Thanos is this, was exciting. Is there a point to this kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Like, are we going to get is like, is it going to be like Dr. Doom or is like this going to be like a secret war invasion thing because i think it's both of those things i think it's secret wars and dr doom is going to be a part of that which yeah usually is and it just it's just like something where it's like as soon as people started to realize oh this is you know a shared universe and also you know it's 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 a piece of a puzzle that we're going to see this full picture by you know the end of phase three and you're basically pot committed at that point um now it's kind of like okay well we've done or galactus maybe yeah, we've done Thanos and now everything is kind of scattered all over the or place Kang. and now you're picking up Kang. Yeah, yeah, and you're picking up all the pieces and then it's like okay, well what are these pieces going to be what picture is it going to be put together at the end of the day? And it just kind of feels like okay, like all of these, you know, post-credit scenes really haven't given us a, a hint one way or another. No, they all seem to be individual things other than maybe the Shang-Chi one because you had uh, Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel in there. Um, well, in the rings, yeah. right? Kind of being from another galaxy or like being like an ancient power. Mm-hmm. And like I could see like, you know, Ms. Marvel's bangle also kind of having that as well, being like another piece of like, you know, that puzzle. And they could all be from like different dimensions and then or different universes or something. And then maybe that's where we're going to lead into Secret Wars. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at Comic-Con in a couple weeks. It's an hour long presentation. It's called the Marvel Studios like mega panel. And they'll show some stuff from Black Panther. Um, And then I feel like they're going to announce some phase five stuff. And I feel like what we're missing here, I think, is like even from you got to think the very first uh mcu movie we had the the tease of the avengers right and we knew we were leading to the first avengers movie like a crossover movie with multiple characters we haven't had that since endgame and i know you wanted some time you know we just finished a giant saga let these individual characters have their individual stories and i'm totally fine with that is that if the movie's good the movie's good i don't need everything to be leading to something it can just be like a fun one-off movie i'm totally fine with that Um, it's just the quality has to be there and it has to be a good time and it has to be entertaining or it has to tell a good story. Um, but I do think for what, to your point, a lot of moviegoers there expect that now, right? Like we had, it led to Avengers. Then the next thing led into, um, uh, age of Ultron. And then that teased Thanos. So we knew Thanos was trickling in that led to the infinity stones. And then that led into the big crossover movie at the end. So I feel like if you just announce that Avengers secret wars is coming, and even if it's five years down the line or three years down the line, then like, I feel like then people go, okay, I see what you're doing. Let's go back and see the seeds that you've planted. And then I think quantum mania will be the movie that 
really leads into that. And I think Kang or Dr. Doom, or maybe a combo of both. Um, I think Kang and Dr. Doom are probably your next two big bad guys. Like as like the two, it might not just be one threat like Thanos, like, or maybe Kang is the Ultron and then Dr. Doom comes in later too. But I think Kang will be a huge part of it based on the time travel and and universes. And will he be a huge part or a major part of it? Hey, (laughs) so I think like him being in uh, quantum mania will lead to uh, an even bigger thing. And I think we're going to start to see that picture. And I think they're going to announce Thunderbolts. They'll announce young Avengers. I think they'll announce secret wars. Well, Secret Wars is already filming or filmed, and then they Sorry, have Armor Secret Wars Invasion. as well. No, Secret, Secret Invasion Inv- is is yeah. filming, and then yeah. I think Secret Wars might be like the next crossover, like Avengers movie. And I think, I think they're still going to call it Avengers, even though he said Avengers Endgame was the last Avengers. Maybe it's New Avengers or something like that, like New Avengers Secret Wars or something like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that gets announced. Um, uh, at comic-con that's my prediction right now is that they will announce secret wars and and i think my other prediction on that is that the russo brothers are coming back to direct that uh, that's my other thing like i think the directors of cherry yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> um i think i i would not be surprised if they are announced and people just go fucking bananas at comic-con because of that and uh they'll announce the Avengers cast that will be in that movie and they'll bring everyone out, but uh, which will be like Shang-Chi, Captain Marvel, Bruce Banner, Thor, maybe, maybe not. Um, But uh, that's my prediction. Where do you think they're going? The same thing kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think there will be kind of like some sort of smaller tiers where like you mentioned young Avengers, I like, It'll be interesting to see where Blade ends up. Will Blade team up right. with Midnight Suns? Maybe, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I think out of all the the upcoming um, adaptations, I think that the Blade movie I'm most excited for. Partly because I think Mahershala Ali is perfect casting and just a great actor. But then on top of that, I'm also curious to see like how how much edge they can put into a PG or PG thirteen movie. Because you you look at the Wesley Snipe splayed movies they are like they really embrace the gore not gore the god butcher but the gore of you know the 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 violence and sort of the genre filmmaking and with even deadpool as well you know i'm not a fan of deadpool but i am kind of curious to see like okay how is that going to fit and then even you know with references to you know the mutants coming back like it feels like it's now Oh, X-Men that you think they have to announce soon too. At some point, yeah. And then Fantastic Four as well, obviously. Like they need to set that up with Do they announce a director for that at Comic-Con? Like, because here's the thing. We we know so just to lay the land before we wrap things up, we know we have Black Panther Wakanda Forever coming out in November, which we haven't seen anything from. So you assume that they debut the trailer at Comic-Con. Then you have Ant-Man Quantumania. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I shouldn't eliminate the Wasp. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and then the Marvels all next year. Um, well, isn't Adam then, Warlock also kind of a big deal in like yeah, and he's the, in cause, Guardians cause in the 3, Thanos yeah. thing, he's always like the guy that kind of comes in and yes, yeah. helps with that, right? So he'll probably be a big part moving forward. And then you have Fantastic Four, which is, you know, 
is supposed to be soon ish, but then you have blade, which we here's movies we have directors for and stuff like that. So blade, uh, Basam Tariq is, is directing that Deadpool. Sean Levy is directing that, uh, captain America. We just got, uh, Julius Ona, uh, Director uh of loose, loose and that horrible Cloverfield movie. Okay, uh, yeah. we have the Shang Chi sequel by Destin Daniel Cretton. Uh, and then you have Thunderbolts is Jake Schreier is directing that. Um, and then you have an X-Men movie. So I don't know how many of those they bring out people and cast maybe of some of the stuff and announcements. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Deadpool, they announce a different Avenger, uh, that will be in that movie with Deadpool. Um, I have a feeling that they will bring in another MCU character to play like, like they do with any kind of like with Spider-Man or, or Thor or other things. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they pair him with someone, but I don't know who, um, Morbius. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, so it'll be interesting, man. I'm pumped for that comic con panel. Like it's always fun. Like the last time we got, this was when they announced all the phase four stuff. So that's when we heard about Thor love and thunder and they announced Natalie Portman and multiverse of madness and, and stuff like that. So eternals and they brought the whole cast of eternals out and stuff like that. So do they, do they have the fantastic four director and cast and we just don't know about it yet? Are they holding that? Like uh, I could see that happening. Um, Brett Goldstein comes out. I'm here guys. Hercules is yeah. the villain. <laughs> I, who knows? But anyways, I think that's going to wrap this combo. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, watching or listening. Uh, always fun doing these kind of Marvel conversations with Eric and uh, especially when we're on kind of different sides of things. I think we, were, we weren't too far off. It was just, I think I'm a little bit more forgiving of them uh, and just kind of enjoy them for what they are sometimes, which is, and vice versa. I understand people being more critical of them because uh, I'm starting to get a little fatigue and uh, that sucks a little bit. Like I think with the Marvel shows and the movies getting three or four movies per year and then three or four shows per year, I'm starting to go, okay, um, let's maybe focus on a couple things, Kevin, and uh, don't spread yourself too thin because I feel like the quality is dipping slightly. I'm still enjoying more things than not, but I will say with things like Eternals, Moon Knight, uh, even uh, Doctor Strange and Thor and Love, Love and Thunder to an extent, like have been a mixed bag. I still really enjoyed Miss Marvel. Um, and what other shows? See, there's so many. I'm WandaVision is really good. Yeah, WandaVision was great, but I'm thinking about recent shows. Was there something else that I didn't really care about that much? That oh, was... well, Moon Knight, we were we were pretty yeah, warm that's, on. I mentioned that. But anyways, so uh, I don't have Marvel fatigue yet. Like I'm still excited. Oh, Falcon and the, the Winter Soldier oh, there is go. another yeah, one. Yeah, there's other things. Like, like eh. they had moments, but it just didn't really come together. Um, So... You know, I think it's it's good that, you know, I, I, I'm i glad. I think when I first started watching What If as well uh, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier by the end, it's so, okay, so they, they're not perfect and I can be critical of them, which I'm actually glad I can be. It's not like I have blind, like Kevin Feige blinders on and just go, oh, everything the MCU puts out is amazing. Um, 
an amazing in a you know what I mean. Just I, I like it from a popcorn entertainment world building kind of thing. Like they're not great movies, obviously, but some of them I think work better than others. But I love. Well, I think the there MCU. are some good um, movies in there. Like I don't think totally. like I mean like you should never sell something that it's you short love short because, or yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I do also think though that there is. You look at where we we we've come this summer as well, and again, I hate doing this, but you know, you look at what Top Gun Maverick has done, and you look what RRR has done, and like the quality of the action set pieces, and how the compositions are framed, and how there's more practical in camera stunts and sort of spectacle to it, and it kind of feels like when you watch those, because I watched. Thor Love and Thunder between rewatching Top Gun Maverick and then uh, watching Thor Love and Thunder and then watching RRR on Netflix. And you just kind of feel like, oh, okay, well, like you can kind of tell where the weak link is here. And I would love to see like Kevin Feige completely let go. And I know that's never going to happen either, but like that might one day, but yeah, I actually think these, these fumbles might actually help in the future, right? Just like the fumbles around age of Ultron and, uh, a couple things in that phase two helped them. So I actually think that this might in the long run be a good thing because, you know, I do think Thor and Love and Thunder played it kind of safe. Uh, I wouldn't say Multiverse of Madness really played it safe, but like in different ways, they both kind of stumbled. But um, I, I'm curious and and I, 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 I am excited for the future. Like Black Panther, I have no idea what to expect from that. Obviously, I love Ryan Coogler, but like, um with chadwick passing away and what that movie is going to be i'm really i know that's going to introduce namor and 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 different things as well so um i'm excited we'll see uh once again thank you uh go check out our newest draft or or episode of the untitled movie podcast you can hear about all my adventures getting married in europe i was there for three weeks i went to a you were in bail i'm like I was. It's ballet, but yeah, I was in bail. <laughs> yeah. Um, and other things. So go, uh, we're going to go record that right now. So that'll be out on uh, July 11th if you're listening to this right away. Uh, but it's probably already out by the time you're listening to this. Excited to be back. Thank you all for uh, watching and listening. I think that's the third time I've thanked you, but I'm figuring out how to do this again. So bye, everyone. Uh, follow me on at Matt Rohrbeck. Follow Eric at EM6211. Uh, untitled underscore movies on Letterboxd. You know where to find us. Uh, I'll get better at this as we continue to record. I haven't done it in a month. Bye, everyone. See you, baby cakes.